Welcome back to the Line to Gain podcast, episode 8, covering week 7 of the 2022 NFL Draft. My name is Jeremy Dixon, here as always with Mike Parker. Uh, Mike, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Here we are, week 7, approaching the midpoint of the season already. Wow. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah, hey, first, if anybody, thank you for listening. Please like, share, rate, review, all that good stuff. Get that out of the way. Um, I'm excited, man. We're going to be re, uh, next week. I think we're going to redo our, uh, top, top seven in both conferences to, uh, you know, kind of update at the, as close to the midway point as we can get now with a 17 week season and yeah, looking mid, forward yep. to that. So midway point, we, we reevaluate what we think, uh, the, the playoff standings are going to look like, and then I'm going to, uh, reshuffle my power rankings. Okay. Yep. Yep. Me too. Me too. Um, well, yeah, man, let's, you, you want to get into it here and, uh, and kind of go, uh, go into our, uh, our gambling, yeah. uh, our let, gambling. Let's experience. talk about where we were right and where we were wrong, I guess. Um, I had an okay week this week. Um, I started off with getting, you know, pretty, pretty jacked up. Um, I had New Orleans, um, money line at Arizona. It was plus a hundred. Mm. Um, I was right there. And then the red rifle has to go and throw just play abysmally and i'll talk more about in detail kind of what his stats were but he basically you know lost the hundred dollars for me yeah yeah well i saw he's uh he's the starter they said that even though uh you know what's funny is he's better than james yeah even though james winston's healthy they're still going to start him next week so all right um yeah, what? Let's just run down yours, and then we'll go. Oh, get to yeah, mine. sure, sure. So my next one was Atlanta at Cincinnati, uh, minus six and a half, uh, bundled with the under forty-seven and a half. Now I was looking really good. Obviously, the minus six and a half uh, with Cincinnati, they pretty much trounced uh, the Falcons. But I didn't realize um, this week was a lot of overs, and I was playing the unders because you know the first six weeks have been really under heavy lot uh, not very much offense uh in some of these games so i was trying to play uh the trend if you will and it looks like it got bucked this weekend so a lot of overs uh my my unders did not hit uh with the exception of one uh this last week uh week seven so i missed the under 47 and a half um it was plus 241 should if i if i nailed that but alas down again (laughs) All right. My next one, I did hit on this one, was the New York Jets money line at Denver plus 112. Obviously, I hit that. Just Jets straight up won that game. Yeah. Um, I had Seattle at Clippers. Oh, Clippers. Jeez, I do this every time. Seattle <laughs> at the LA Chargers, um, 50, under 51 and a half. And then KC at San Francisco, under 48 and a half um, for plus 253. I think I got the uh, Seattle Chargers under. Um, but I missed uh, pretty substantially on the KC San Francisco. I didn't expect KC to score that much, honestly. Um, so that was that was kind of I've, well. And I, they got down 10, 10 nothing. Yeah, and came back and yeah, they blew the doors off of San Francisco from there on. Yeah, they couldn't they couldn't stop that um, that sweep yeah. with um, N- Nicole uh, uh, Nicole Hardman. Yeah. yeah, they scored three times on that same play. Um, yeah. And then Jimmy G doing Jimmy G things. Um, so another loss there. Um, so my final pick, uh, for the week was Pittsburgh plus seven, um, at Miami, 
uh, under 44 and a half. I hit on that. It was plus 216. I think Pittsburgh uh, lost by six. And obviously that it wasn't an offensive juggernaut of a game. So I right. uh, got the under on there. So I'm up for the week, uh, 28 bucks. And we're just chipping away at that. At your deficit. At, at my deficit here. We're now sitting at a, a total of minus $551.41. Okay. Well, I, I believe I am plus 100 going into this week. Um, so my, my games, uh, it started out so good for me. Uh, I had Giants plus three at Jacksonville. Although Jacksonville should have won that game. Like, I don't know what the hell they were doing. They had the ball on the one yard line and just blew it at the end of the game there. Um, it's, it's like um, Peterson's outthinking football. Yeah. I don't he's, get it. Yeah, he's overthinking everything it feels like. Um, I had the Chiefs minus three at San Francisco, so I got that one pretty easily. And then I had Seattle plus six and a half at the Chargers, got that. So I was first three. And, of course, the, the one week I go and, and venture outside of only making three picks, uh, I, I went ahead and, and did the Bears at Patriots under 40, which was a pretty much done in the first half. Um, and I just thought there's no – Yeah, you texted me there and said is this looks no like it's going. way. Yeah. I'm just like there's no way that Bill Belichick is letting Josh Fields score points on him. Like I figured it was going to be, you know, a – like a 24 to 10 game or something like that. It was an anomaly. Um, yeah, it was crazy. So I uh, lost that one. So I was three and one on the week plus 200 more. So I'm, I'm up plus 300 right now on the season. And I am feeling good. Awesome. Yeah. What a, so, great, what a great weekend. I'm plus your plus. Yeah. Hey man, right, we're starting to get into a Hey, here. My grandma used to say if she came back, with a quarter in her pocket from Vegas that she was happy. She was a winner. She there considered you go. herself a winner. <laughs> Found a quarter on the street. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're fine in a groove here. I think we're, I'm seeing a lot of green on my sheet here. Um, I'm, I'm finishing my week up in plus territory for me. That's a win. Yeah. This is new to me. I've never really kind of followed it at this level. So I'm kind of feeling it out as I go. So, right. um, I feel every week I feel great about my picks. I will say, um, but it doesn't always, happen that way so yeah anyways um let's move on to observations for uh week seven uh we have buys of buffalo philly minnesota and the rams so those those guys didn't play this last week right so let's start off with the new new orleans at arizona what is your your insight in that game you know i didn't see a whole lot of that I, you know i just i i think i was watching it um, while I was doing other things, but I was pretty shocked that New Orleans did not play better. And, you know, one of those interceptions that Andy Dalton threw wasn't his fault. It bounced off, you know, hit the receiver and he, and it, you know, caromed off into a, into a defender's hands, but two pick sixes and like six minutes in the, in the, the end of the first half. I mean, the game was pretty much over. Back then. to back possessions. Yeah. Yeah, um, so you said you didn't watch much, much of it. I don't think a lot of other people did either. It yeah. looks like the viewing numbers for that particular game were down to about $7 million, or $7 million, seven million people. Ouch. Up, down from like 13 or 14 uh, when the Chargers and the Chiefs played um, oh, wow. week one. So um, not doing so good. Hopefully, 
they can can redeem. Well, there's that. a good game this week, thankfully. But that Thursday well, they always say that. Are, yeah, but like what what are the point? Is it a good game or just right. good teams? Well, it's it's good teams that should drive up the viewership. Sure, sure. You know? so, and the the one thing um, I wanted to to point out in this game was that um, just about New Orleans, not necessarily about the game. Philadelphia, who's undefeated right now, and you know, looking like the odds on favorite to you know the head and shoulders above the rest of the NFC. Uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah, they are getting New Orleans first round draft pick next year. Nice. So they're going to get a top five, top ten pick somewhere in there. Like that's that's pretty freaking great for them. Awesome. So. All right. Yeah, my take is uh, the red rival, uh, red rifle giveth and taketh away. So the giveth part is he goes um, 30 for 47, 64% for 361 yards. That looks good. Average uh, pass uh, attempt was 7.7 yards. So they're pushing it downfield. And he throws for four touchdowns, takes no sacks. So that stat line in itself is really good. The taketh away part is he throws three interceptions, one inside the red zone into triple coverage. I was literally watching this game on the couch uh, with Angie, and I'm like, who's he throwing to? There wasn't a there wasn't a uh, Arizona uh, uh, Saint. Yeah, I saw. I saw the replay it. of that. I saw the replay of that. I don't know what he was like, looking what at. The hell's going there was on? a guy underneath. Maybe he expected him to go vertical, but why would he go into that space where there's three three Cardinals? I don't get it. And to your point uh, before, um, he had those two back to back pick six interceptions on back to back drives. So. You, you, they basically gave away 14 points. You can't do that in the NFL. And then ultimately, you know, they lost the game. So, right. Do, Absolutely. Do better. Yeah. No sh- yeah, Dalton. for sure. Andy Dalton, get it together, man. All right. Next game is the Atlanta at Cincinnati. So, uh, Joe Burrow looked amazing. Yes, he did. Like- 34 for 42. That's 81% completion percentage. 481 yards, three TDs, no interceptions. He ran for another 20 in a TD. I mean, you can't ask much more. He is, he's finally hitting a stride in my opinion. So my, my takeaway from this game that I had written down that Joe Burrow belongs in the conversation with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes uh, at the top of that AFC quarterback, uh, you know, whatever pyramid. So I think he's three full stop. Yeah, for sure. All right, so you're definitely right there. So despite his horrible first game, the four-interception game versus Pittsburgh, he's top five in passing. So he just screwed the pooch on that. But yeah. despite that kind of um, uh, outsider game, outlier, he's top five in passing yards and TDs. And um, I started looking at Joe Burrow MVP, uh, plus seven seventeen hundred on FanDuel when I looked last week. Wow. Was Not that before this bad. game? It was after the game. Oh, wow. Still at plus 1,700. He was like uh, fourth or fifth. Man. But that, there's some value there, I think. Yeah, for sure. So. Oh, and despite the loss, are the Falcons the best team in the NFC South? They've lost on close games, with the exception of this one. They kind of got torn, you know, yeah. blown out of the water, although the, their best secondary player wasn't playing that particular game. So they were a little bit injured. Um, it seems like Arthur Smith is a good coach, gets them prepared. They compete mm-hmm. uh, with those types of characteristics. I think they're always going to be right there. The NFC South is right is there for the picking. It's it's right there. Yeah, everyone in that conference include or in that division, including the Carolina Panthers, 
have an opportunity. God. They're two and five right Can't now, and they're one game behind. Game. Or I think yeah, one game behind the um, the first Tampa place Bay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't. I yeah, that that's a coin toss in that uh, in that division. I I couldn't. If we're if if I was playing like if I was betting for real, I'd probably put a couple of bucks down on uh, on Joe Burrow MVP. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say uh, if I had to bet, I would probably still bet on Tampa Bay being able to oh for put the, together the, enough the wins South. for the NFC yeah. South. But um, it, you know, it, stranger things have happened. Like we'll get to the strange things that happened this week here shortly. So I made a comment a couple of weeks ago. It looked like Jer- uh, Joe Burrow was getting over the hump. He was figuring yeah. some stuff out, and then he just rattles off like three weeks in a row where he's been outstanding. Yeah, so, uh, he's I looked look, great. Yeah, I look uh, for him. To I'm pretty sure he's going to be the. I mean, if he unless he has a total duck this weekend uh, of a game, he's well, against gonna, the Browns, so it's unlikely. Yeah, he's probably going to end up being the AFC Player of the Month. I would imagine. All right, cool. Let's move on to Detroit at Dallas. Uh, not really interested in any of these teams. Uh, Dak no. looked bad early, missing a couple of easy throws. I guess that's to be expected coming back uh, from a couple of th- from that thumb injury. Um, Detroit looked like they were in quicksand. You know, after that fumble on the goal line, they went interception, fumble in consecutive drives. Um, basically, flipped that game in that moment. And uh, just side note, Micah Parsons is a problem. I mean, no doubt. He's playing seven technique. He's playing outside linebacker. He's going into coverage. He's rushing your quarterback. He's playing the run. I mean, he is all over the place. I'm not going to put him in the Lawrence Taylor situation. He's not, hasn't played enough years. He hasn't done it for enough years consecutively. He feels like this must be what skill set is crazy. Like, I didn't, I don't. I don't know if he's a better pass rusher than Lawrence Taylor was. I don't think anyone was ever a better pass rusher mm-hmm. than Lawrence Taylor. But could Lawrence handle coverage in today's NFL like Micah Parsons does? I don't know. Yeah. I am excited to see him play. I, it just sucks that the Cowboys have him because um, I don't like the Cowboys. And I can't yeah. root for the guy on that team. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll put it this way. I can root for the guy. I'm, I'm happy that he's doing well. Yeah. He's fun to watch, but I don't like his team having success. Right. So right. It's hard to kind of marry those two things in the NFL, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely I'm, – I'm a fan of him, not the Cowboys for sure. So, But, yeah, I, you know, I just – I felt like this was a pretty boring game. It was on during the Seahawks game. I didn't watch much of it. Um didn't yeah I just it wasn't really on my radar too much but um you know I'm, I'm yeah I it was I was excited I was curious to see what Dak was going to look like and like you said he was it was ugly early which is kind of to be expected coming back from a hand injury their and, running game is getting moving now yeah yeah they're, they they're using a good back-to-back runs where they uh, ran uh, Zeke and uh, Pollard yeah they're using a good mixture of those two guys now I think so um but yeah, that I, I think they're they're gonna I think they're still gonna have something to say about the NFC East and I think about the NFC as a whole. But I mean, they're the Cowboys; they're gonna screw something up at some point and not make it to the Super Bowl. So I think there's might be three teams from the NFC East going this year. We'll see. Yeah. When you got a five-one head start in the conference, even at five-two, if they lose to Seahawks, that that Giants team, um, they're um, schedule this year is not that difficult 
So there's a chance they could rattle off another four to five wins and get that seven seed. So we'll see how how they how it plays out for the Giants and and Dallas at that point. Yeah. All right, so enough about the Giants when we're talking about Dallas. Um, Indianapolis, or yeah, uh, at Tennessee, um, I said Indianapolis receivers are not creating separation. They're just not open. I don't no. like you can see Matt Ryan like step back, look at what he has in front of him, and there's just nothing there. Um, I'm not saying he's playing out of his mind and everything is their fault, but I don't think it's Matt Ryan's fault either. Right. I was um, kind of surprised they decided to bench him. I heard a separated shoulder. Um, yeah. But to, the, to take the step to bench him for the entire season right. seems short-sighted. They're really having a tough time finding a quarterback. Um, I think their, th- their theory is, is we have a great team in place, right? And then all we need is a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes and it's not going to turn the ball and a couple over. of not going to turn the ball over too much. And then when we need him to step up <laughs> in that crunch time, he can make some big throws downfield. And unfortunately, none of those guys. Philip Rivers, I guess, was probably the best example of this because he's just got that gunslinger mentality. He's just going for it. Yeah. Carson Wentz was an absolute. You know, he's just walking around with a bucket on one foot. Uh, I, I don't know. Not a, not a lot of good luck with that team. No. So. Yeah, ride Jonathan Taylor in that defense. Oof. I would say they're tanking at this point. You think I'd, so? I'd short, I'd short Indianapolis uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah. Probably right. Yeah, I don't. Hit the I'm, under. Yeah. Hit the under. Yeah, I don't feel calm. I'm not betting on them at all, so. All right. What's, uh, what, what do we got next? We got Green Bay at Washington. Um, this was actually a relatively fun game and I don't really, I mean, obviously I'm not a fan of the traffickers. I never was even as a, as a kid. Um, they just, they just always irritated me. Um, I noticed, and maybe this is just me kind of over interpreting something, but it really looked like the Washington players love Heineke. And I'm going to interpret that as they don't like Carson Wentz. Yeah. I they were really be. happy for him. It seems like nobody really likes Carson Wentz. But. Well, let's think about it. Like, there's word on the street that he went before he got traded out of Philadelphia, he was really starting to rub his teammates the wrong way with his religious stuff. Yeah. So he kind of apparently has this, like, I'm better than you type of mentality, Lord, Lord, Lord. Mm-hmm. And it kind of grinds on his, he, he grinds his teammates down right. uh, quite a bit. So they shipped him out. And he and the same thing happened in Indiana. You could, you could kind of see it on the uh, the in in season hard knocks, you know, a little bit. So. Yeah, he, I mean, I'm not saying like a person of faith can't play in the in the NFL, but you you have to know when to use it, and when right. to not. Um, and he just is like head down with it. I just don't get it. Yeah. And so I want, I don't see eventual success with him at Washington. Um, my guess he plays maybe for one other team before he kind of works his way out of the league. Yeah. I don't think he's not, he's not growing as a player. He's actually seems to be kind of regressing in a lot right. of ways as a passer. So yeah, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you want to have on your team as like a backup, you know, right. um, 
like long term backup after after being a starter like like some other guys have done like Mariota or one of these guys you know that was able to kind of teammates love them even yeah. though they make mistakes they'll rally behind him and I think if if you're the the traffickers I'd put Heineke in and then Carson Wentz is just gone Heineke yeah. will we'll turn it over will make mistakes but you can rally the team I think his wide receivers are going to make up the difference they're a really really good squad. Um, so as far as Rodgers, so we, we're going to have – you're going to ask me a question later on. We're going to rank uh, quarterbacks in the NFC, so we're going to have a discussion about that. But I want to call this out um, as part of that discussion. There were two throws that I saw him make, one where he's rolling um, to the right and, and throws it um, downfield, down the sideline, on the money, it just off the, off the hands of the receiver. Great throw on the run, on the mark inbounds in the perfect place and then he does it while he's rolling to the left and this one's a completion he still has it yeah he still has the ability to get out there he still has the touch he can fire it down quick he just doesn't have anybody around him exactly i'm beginning to think that this is a team problem and not necessarily an aaron Rodgers problem but like i said you know a few weeks ago like where where in the venn diagram or whatever does it overlap of him getting those pieces that he needs with still being young enough that he can do this and the team being able to to keep other good players on defense and whatnot. So it's like... Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's a great, like, Green Bay Packers problem or discussion mm-hmm. to have, right? That's not a that's not necessarily a, a Aaron Rodgers' skill set right. issue. And I, there's been discussion. some rumblings that he might walk away after this season, like just realizing that the team's not where it needs to be and does he really want to subject himself to because he's getting hit a lot more than he has in previous years as well um it, just like tom brady which is is surprising and um yeah well, how much abuse do you want to put your the body skill through? players aren't as good as they were of previous years right. so you have to get the ball when you have somebody amazing like Devonte adams and he sees that blitz coming or he sees that pressure coming he breaks off that route and and rogers knows exactly where he's going and exactly where to put the ball there's simpatico in that regard right yeah he's not he doesn't have that connection so when when that blitz comes or when that pressure is coming and he needs his guy to break his route and get to the sideline to to get to a spot they're not there so he's holding the ball so i look at that as a team problem not an aaron Rodgers problem right he doesn't want to hold the ball no uh, he'll take shots downfield and take a hit. We've seen him get destroyed out there yeah. for a touchdown. So I don't, I'm not questioning his tough, toughness. I'm not questioning his ability. But taking those shots over and over and over again. How long do you want to do it for? Joe Burrow does it right now yeah. right? because he waits for those things to um, – those those routes to develop. But when you're in year 8, 9, 10, is Joe Burrow going to still be taking those hits? If he is, he's probably not going to be in the league much longer, to yeah. be honest. But you have to adapt. You have to evolve. You have to you know, find the offense that works for you. Right now, it's just not working. And I think it's a coaching issue. I think it's a, a team issue. I think they have talent on the team. They're just not in a position to, to, to do anything. Yep, yep. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. All right. Tampa Bay at Carolina. This was a ugly, ugly God. game. You know what I just uh, thought of, Mike? Um, the reason I didn't I didn't watch any of the morning games because mm-hmm. I was watching the Formula One uh, Grand Grand Prix of America or whatever in Austin um, with my cousins, and then we it kind of rolled right into the Seahawks game. We caught 
um, we caught up with the Seahawks like halfway through the first quarter after that. But I was kind of monitoring on my phone. So I was just like seeing, I'm like, I just kept like giving them like, holy shit. Like the Tom Cards Brady defense and competed like they were ready. They were ready to compete in that game. I don't yeah. know. It could be like one of those things where you, you're, uh, is it Steve Wilkes is their coach? Yeah. Their in- interim coach. He got them prepared for sure. Yeah. And they rallied. They well, and like, it, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see. I honestly think they're not going to – I think that was kind of a – An anomaly. An anomaly just kind of like like we're not going to roll over here. Everybody thinks we're going to be you know crappy after we trade uh, Christian McCaffrey and, and Robbie Anderson out of town. Clearly tanking, so, but maybe not. Yeah. We'll see. I have more on them uh, when we talk about uh, uh, this week's games. Um, one thing I will say is that the – there's a lot of interesting play calling for Tampa Bay. It seems like there's a lot of downfield routes right now for those receivers. And you have a, you have a bad line and an old quarterback that wants to get the ball out in less than three seconds. And you're not really giving him options to kind of move the ball in those check down type throws or use the under routes to clear out or bring up safeties, you know, and create space for other players. Um, I don't, I'm like, I'm not seeing the whole field, obviously, because when you watch the TV screen, you don't see like where the deep safety is. You don't see how the routes are, if they're breaking in, breaking out, going down uh, into the end zone, uh, like post corner routes. You just, you can't see it all the way right. down. But when I see that window after he throws the ball or gets a sack, I don't see a receiver, a Tampa Bay receiver within the screen. So my assumption is that they're, they're getting downfield 15, 20 yards, trying to get open down there. And it's not he's uncomfortable he will fall down after like three and a half seconds he's not taking hits yeah Um, i saw him just sit down word on the street that the divorce is final Oof. so he's having a tough go yeah well uh rest in peace to tom brady's career (laughs) that was a good meme that we were we shared to each other i just didn't realize you had already sent it to me Here we go. <laughs> All right. So next game, uh, New York Giants at Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville just hurts themselves over and over again. We talked to, we talked about that today before we jumped on the call. They just they're making bad calls in the red zone. They're fumbling. They're throwing interceptions. One big one is they had a pick, and they had a late hit on a quarterback, uh, and they the interception was overturned um, due to that roughing the passer. So like all these little things that. Like, this is the discipline that some coaches can offer. Bill Belichick really makes sure that his team doesn't make those little mistakes, right? So less disciplined coaches have players a little willy-nilly sometimes making some mental mistakes. You see that. um, Obviously, a lot of Raiders coaches seem to do that. Um, It just depends on how you're hiring. I'm not saying that's currently their situation, but, like, historically, they they make a lot of bone-in plays, a lot of penalties, a lot of personal fouls, things like that. Seahawks, too. Yeah, exactly. Pete Carroll's kind of free freewheeling and you know just like let's go compete and just go go what your was hardest that? C- cassius marsh yeah that dude i like he would make an amazing play to get to the quarterback and then like punch him in the jaw <laughs> while he was tacking yeah. tackling him and i'm just like dude what are you doing right it's so true man just, it doesn't make sense i don't like there's a there's a malfunction sometimes yeah. they just black out when they when Right. Just, yeah, I need to, need to tighten it up, Jaguars. Tighten it up, yep. 
All right, Cleveland at Baltimore. Um, the Baltimore O is having a tough time. I'm not sure what's going on um, with this team. I mean, their line is okay. There's um, no receivers. I still. didn't. There's definitely no receivers. Um, their tight ends are pretty good. I didn't see J.K. Uh, J.K. Dobbins in the game. I think he he had to have his knee scoped again. So he's scoped out for again. a few weeks. So I think their their personnel is really hurt right now. But I'm also not seeing Lamar um, read the defense very well. I don't. He's he's when he moves out, he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing out there. He's not you know taking the ball and running like he had in the past to to kind of bring. Part of what he did is obviously when you start running around, the defense has to kind of move up to, yeah. to, to play that run. You have to get extra guys in the box, a player to come in that's dedicated to him. And that frees up guys downfield, especially your tight ends. Right. Because that guy that's ghosting Lamar would have been covering, you know, your, your tight end. So, like, there's all these things that they've done in the past. It just doesn't seem to be working right now. When he rolls out, he's not thinking run. He's like backpedaling and flipping the ball down uh, inaccurately. Yeah. Um, he might have made one of the biggest decision, biggest bad decisions of his career in not signing that contract this last season because the way it's going right now, he's actually dropping in the rankings as like quarterbacks, and yeah. I don't know what it is. I personally don't believe that he deserved all the the crap that he was getting. About it seemed it's like the typical what we what the things that we said about a quote unquote black quarterback back in the day, there were yeah. certain things that they were, uh, that, that those particular quarterbacks were unable to do. It's obviously just absolute lies. And it just a narrative that was created that uh, was racist and shouldn't have been there. And a lot of people started to say this stuff about him. I thought that he was playing fine. He has, he has an interesting way that he delivers the ball, throws the ball, but it goes downfield. He can get the ball downfield he's accurate when he needs to be he uh has that athleticism that allows him to manipulate the defense i thought he was a great player i'm just not seeing it this year yeah he's almost like he's nonchalant you know he kind of stands up and kind of walks off the off the field like like nothing happened so i wonder what's going on there um you know i did see kind of off of that subject i did see a stat that um in five of their six games prior to this last week's game that they had over or they had a 10 point deficit. Um, so they had overcome a 10 point deficit in three of their wins up to that point. So I think they were three and three um, and now four and three. And they got down by 10 points against Cleveland early in that game and were able to come back. And obviously they ended up winning by three, I think, or se- I can't remember if it's seven or three, but uh, they, they ended up winning by one score. And so I was, I mean, I'm, that's pretty impressive that the, you know, you're able to, even though their offense has been struggling to come back, it's not easy to come back from a, a double digit deficit in the NFL. So, well, thank goodness that the Cleveland offense and Jacoby Brissett are inept Right. without right. that in their, in the Baltimore's favor, it wouldn't happen that way. Yeah. All right. New York jets at Denver. Um, I'll just put this. The New York Jets are bad on third down. They're four for 25 over their last two games. They, yeah, their offense terrible. is garbage. Without a breeze lightning, yeah. this they're not winning. It's going to be it's going to be a problem. I mean, at this point, me and you had a long argument through text about Zach oh, this Wilson. This will be coming up later. I'm sure it will. Um, we had a long argument through text about uh, Zach Wilson, and I mean, now it's now we're going to find out. 
we're going to find out what he is because they're going to have to open the offense. Right now, all they were, they weren't asking him to do a lot. They were asking him to turn around, hand off the ball, and not turn it over. And that's what he was doing. He Barely? Has, they still got they, – he's undefeated this season in, in uh, starts, though. So, I mean, either way, it's, it, it's moment of truth now. We're going to find out real quick. You're setting this up beautifully. Thank you. All right. Houston at uh, Las Vegas. Um, Las Vegas is having a tough year. Well, they were competitive their first couple of games, and they are looking terrible the last three or four games. Well, they lost the last three games by a total of nine points. And then during those games, Josh Jacobs is playing out of his mind, going 69 for 441 yards. It's 6.4 yards a carry and six touchdowns. The Raiders. So you're talking about the Raiders. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about Texans. My oh, bad. I mean, Texans are Texans. Yeah. I mean, their defense is solid. Their quarterback plays inconsistent. They have no But receivers. they're not looking good either, man. No, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're a bad team yeah. that, that were basically um, – taken hostage by Deshaun Watson for a season. Right. Um, and they lost a lot of assets in that, and they were forced to make Bill some changes. Bill O'Brien, yeah. worst GM slash Making coach in Clearing house, you know. So yeah. I, I'm not expecting them to do anything this year. They're competing, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're just – it seems like they're getting worse and worse. as a, Like, I felt like they looked better the first couple weeks of the season. And now well, of course. You start to grind down yeah. to a nub after, after a while. You can only – prop up your offense for so long before your defense starts to break down and right. injuries start to creep in. Um, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So anyway, the, back to your point about Josh Jacobs and he's playing out of his mind right now. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, that's the one thing they got going for him. I'm, I'm still shocked that the, the Derek Carr to Devonte Adams connection hasn't been more than what it is because I, you know, like, these guys were college roommates and, you know, they're still good friends. And you just, you'd think that there'd be some kind of uh, like almost, you know, like, you, you know, once you know how to ride a bike or, you know, you know how to ride I don't a know bike. if it's that easy for these things. I'm sure they have a good relationship and I'm sure that they're working on it right now, but I'd say give it some time. I mean, Carr's not Aaron Rodgers. No. So, no. you know, I, I expect it's not going to be as efficient. Uh, but once they figure it out, it'll be fine. And yeah. Carr needs Carr needs to learn to look for him. I mean, and also throw him when he's not when he looks covered, because that's the one of the things that I noticed about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Like he'd throw it at the moment that Adams was covered, and he'd find a way to get open or that back shoulder. He'd throw it to a spot. So that's the thing I'm not seeing with Carr and him. Um, shout out to speaking of the Raiders. Shout out to Kirk Herbstreet for. Uh during the Alabama football game uh, over the weekend saying, saying that uh, Alabama offense needs to realize that uh, Jamison Williams and uh, Henry Ruggs of all people aren't walking through that door. Uh, so you guys better get it together. I oh, just thought boy. that was a little, little cringeworthy moment for him. But Out of all of the uh, Alabama play receivers <laughs> yeah. that have been drafted over the last few years, that's the one you picked to call Yeah, out. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Well, he's probably impressed with him back in college, so that's kind of where yeah. his memory went. Probably. All right. So uh, next game, Seattle at Chargers. Uh, Seattle's currently at the top of the NFC West. Let's not forget that. It seems that Geno isn't a fluke, at least at this point, and the D is figuring out how to play. So this is this is really um, intriguing. We stopped the. We did a, a pretty decent job stopping the run. 
Yeah, we were, the, we're the, not overplaying. The thing that was killing us was the uh, screen passes to yep. the running back. Eckler was eating our lunch. and I mean, I think he had like 96 yards receiving in the game on like eight catches or something. So I think that's one change at middle linebacker. Not yeah. middle, but uh, we uh, Sam. Yeah. And I that, think that fixes, Cody Barton needs yeah. to. Yeah, he's not the, not the one. Um, I'm excited. But they're competing. Yeah, I, I'm so excited for this game, and I know we're going to get to that um, in a little bit. But I, I think that we match up really well against teams that like to run the ball because our run defense is much – I mean, our pass defense is good too. I'm, I, and our run – the thing is our run defense is getting so much better. Like uh, Jordan Brooks was playing pretty – not pretty undisciplined at the beginning of the year it felt like and I don't know if that was just like his like this is his first time without Bobby Wagner like maybe you know like he's expecting something else from Cody Barton and these other linebackers but then they also brought Bruce Irvin back which I didn't think we talked about that we didn't That's think that was going to be out. I noticed that go yeah ahead, we go didn't, ahead with this we didn't think that it was going to be that we, we kind of talked about it off air that we didn't think it was going to be that you know it was just like well, what are they doing like I guess bring in one of the guys from the championship teams, try to get a little veteran leadership in the room, but pressure. They he, wanted pressure. Yeah. He brought it, man. I mean, he really looked good out there. And so and the, the plays, I mean, I think he played like a third, like a third of the plays on defense. No idea what his, what his snap count. Was. I saw it was like 21 of like 80 or something or 21 of 60. So we had mentioned a couple of weeks ago that they were playing kind of these weird front front defenses. Like they had like five techniques out outside the, the, the tackle. And mm-hmm. we just weren't sure what they were doing with that. And it seemed like it was a personnel issue. Like they didn't have enough bodies to throw in there. And I, and I thought I, I looked at the formations the other day, you bring uh, Bruce in, um, and you got him out there on the outside in that seven, and it really pushes the the Puna Fords and those uh, big bodies inside where it's supposed to be. And I thought, if anything else, that was a huge help, just having another capable body out there that knows his role out there on, on the edge. Uh, he did a good job containing, um, I thought, and getting pressure on the quarterback and uh, allowed the guys in the middle to do their job with the run. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a. Uh, I, I think that's a good win, man. I think that's a really it's good. It's a great win. win. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough now without DK Metcalf, and I know he said that you don't think so, huh? I haven't seen anything from D. He he's not running very good routes. He's actually dropping a ton of balls. It's like two a game. Yeah, like hey, that's I'm true. Not, I'm not impressed by what he's brought to the table. Honestly, I still though I think that the threat of DK Metcalf in the game is keeping defenses off guard. You know what I mean? Like having that guy out there has got to be. You're you're definitely game planning for him. I don't know if they do if teams are doing a lot of that bracketing anymore like they used to, where they're going to take their second guy in a safety over the top and put him on. That was so. It's uh, like Bill Bill Belichick used to do this. He took his best corner and put it over the second best receiver, um, and then put his second best corner on the best receiver with help over the top with bracket right. coverage. Uh, a lot of times, what we see now is too high. I'm not sure if you're just going to play too high like the Chargers do. They just play too high. It doesn't matter. They, they're going to play too high regardless of who's on the outside there, whether it's Metcalf or for, or anyone else. Right. So I'm not sure in those circumstances you're really gaining a lot. I, I Honestly, we paid him a lot of money. I'm not seeing a lot from him. There's not a lot of production. 
Uh, Gino can definitely make the throws downfield. So what that tells me, he's for that speed and that size, he's not creating separation. He's not running crisp routes, and he's not catching the ball when he needs to. He's not winning these tough, uh, uh, contested throws. So I think that's a problem. He needs to work it out. Yeah, for sure. Well, he needs to get, he needs to get back on the field. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see what I'm kind of excited to see where both of these teams are able to go from here because. Um, the Chargers, they need Austin panic. Eckler is already hurting. He only played a few plays, uh, maybe like a series or two at the beginning of the game and, and didn't come back. And then Mike Williams uh, has a high ankle sprain that looked pretty severe. J.C. Jackson, who wasn't playing well anyway, the cornerback that they uh, got in free agency from New England. You got <laughs> Keenan Allen with a bad hamstring. You got Michael Williams who got hurt. High ankle sprain. So he's and then gonna, J.C. Jackson dislocated his, his knee. Eckler um, is, you know, injured. Not well, hurt. Not injured. Right. Are you uh, injured or you're hurt? Um, you have uh, Herbert, who's not pushing the ball past twenty yards right now. Also injured. So it's like their their defense is okay, but again, Joey Bosa is gone. Um, and you can only put so much pressure on that defense. I yeah. Mean. Honestly, I'd be especially when the Seahawks were up seventeen to nothing. I mean, and then they scored quick and and got it back to seventeen fourteen. But I think the defense just was so winded by then that they weren't able to. It's a strategy. Yeah. Put pressure on that defense all day, and then you know play it close. And at the end of the game, you pull away. Yeah, I don't know. I they, they have a lot of work to do. I, and I'm the not, C- I, and they, I, the game wasn't even as close as the final score was. I mean, the final score they they scored a garbage time touchdown. Um, Seattle dominated that game and I was pretty I mean that was the first time I was like holy shit Seattle might be able to do something this year well that six and a half over under figure is back in play because we won some games I didn't expect us to win I really want I really wanted that um, New Orleans one I really yeah, felt that, like that one. Felt, I mean, the only team we really got beat by is the 49ers. 49ers. Like, we were in every other game that yeah. we lost. So, All right. KC at San Francisco. Uh, basically the best offense, KC versus the best defense, San Francisco. That's by DVOA. Um, Jimmy G has some real issues. Uh, he's not seeing the field. <clears throat> I saw a breakdown of this one particular play. They're in the red zone. I don't know, two, two second third yard line um and they uh kansas city was showing cover zero and had a blitz on and they had a a, the running back came out of the backfield and basically kind of looped around in the middle and it was wide open and he does like jimmy doesn't even look he immediately takes a snap and looks left and he's trying to force it. They got three. They got trips over on the on that left side, and he tries to force it in there and send interception. Like if he just understands what he's looking at, it's cover zero. They're overloading to their defensive right. We have. I know my read is this guy sitting next to me in the backfield because it's wide open over the center. Right. So maybe you look left to pull that pull that safety over, but you come back and you know that your guy's there standing over the middle. He would have caught it on like I don't know probably the one yard line or something like that. All he has to do is make a guy miss or push them in to the end zone. I think it's right there. He's not, he's not seeing the field. He's not throwing accurately downfield. Um, I don't know. I want to, I don't want to say like I could go in there and just flip, flip the ball around, but um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it. Um, my, one of my takeaways from this 
is that the Chiefs, yeah, like you mentioned, the Chiefs have the number one offense. Uh, I think they're not missing Tyreek Hill right now, obviously, but I think as the season goes on, they're going to. I think people are going to start taking away McCole Hardman and even uh, Travis Kelsey to some extent that you can take, you know, to the extent that you can take Travis Kelsey away. And it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to, I think it's going to be chess moves the rest of the season with the Chiefs offense. And I wouldn't be shocked if they go out and uh, trade for a wide receiver uh, here before Tuesday's trade deadline. Yeah. All right. Pittsburgh at Miami. I'll be honest. I didn't watch a lick of this game. I wanted to watch movies. We watched. I bet, I bet on we it, watched, so I did. We watched For All Mankind, a show on Apple TV instead. I brought the family down. It was a lot of fun, so I was like, you know, screw this game. I don't, yeah. I don't care. I won was, the bet as well. But, it was terrible. But um, I figured, so I don't have a lot to say about it. So what do you got? You know, I just thought Kenny, Kenny Pickett looked a lot better mm-hmm. than he had. Uh, Najee Harris looked better than he has in this season. Um and I'm going to get to this. I'm, I'm going to. We're going to talk about this later. Tua in the first quarter of that game takes Another takes a snap, runs, ends up the pocket collapses on him. He runs. He's close to the first down, and it wasn't on third down, like where he needs to get a first down, or it's they're punting the ball. He dives head first and gets hit from the side. Thankfully, not in the head, but like. This guy had two concussions in consecutive weeks and then took two weeks off and now is back and is damn lucky he didn't get another concussion. Honestly, this might be RG3 won't slide level right. like you know quarterback problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's going to be it's something to monitor for the rest of the season because yeah, and and we're going to talk about concussions in in a few minutes here, so all right, so final game of this week. I did ha- happen to watch a few, um, quite a bit of this game. Chicago at New England. Um, my thing is like, you know, save Ferris, save Fields. Ironically, both shot in Chicago, or both uh, involved with, uh, have themes in Chicago. Um, I think I thought he looked great the last six minutes of the first half. Yes. Got a scoring drive and then brought them back with a minute and a half left into a field goal. Sorry, he looked great but he also that one he took that huge shot between the two guys yeah well no but he took that huge sack and knocked them yeah knocked himself out of field goal range and then the next play was about to get sacked and the two guys run into each other and he's able to scramble for yeah 30 some yards no he took a shot on the i think it was the touchdown where it was a completed pass and he took like a high low shot yeah where it just looked like he was crushed you know, right, in one okay, of those yeah, trash yeah, compactors. Right, yeah. Yeah, t- you got you have to be... Th- I mean, Don't tell me this kid's not tough. No, he is, man. It, he's... he's and I, I couldn't believe that Belichick could not get a spy on him for... There was, I think, finally, like, late in the third quarter, they put a spy on him and were uh, monitored because he was rolling out and just, like, he would look, nobody's there, he'd run. Yeah. And he was getting like eight, ten yards a clip, you know? So, what are you going to do? Yeah. So, all right. That wraps up our observations for week seven. Um, let's take a moment to look forward to the games that we really want to see for week eight. So, Jeremy, what's your first one? Um, don't call me a homer, Mike, but I'm Here anxious to see uh, the Giants and the Seahawks. I think this is the only matchup of winning teams 
uh, this week weekend. It is. It is. Um, and and well, I wanted two, to match up of two winning teams. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, and I wanted to point out, I was going through. So I, I went through and did the games I'm going to bet on this week first, and then I was like, well, I'm like, man, I don't. It was really hard to find games I wanted to bet on. But then when I was like just thinking about like what games am I interested in watching, there's a ton of them. Like there's a bunch of games that look really fun this week. So Giant Seahawks, I, I can't wait. I want to see Saquon Barkley against uh, and Danny Dimes against the Seahawks defense. Um, I want to see uh, what Geno Smith – I'm just – I'm anxious to watch Geno Smith play quarterback, which is something I never thought I would say in my entire life. <laughs> Back uh, in New York. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this, man. It's going to be a good one, I think. Yeah, um, I did leave that one out, but I definitely want to watch that game and probably will, obviously, being from Seattle. Uh, my first one that I really w- wanted to check out was this Carolina at Atlanta for the only simple reason is I believe there is potential that Atlanta is the best team in the NFC South, the way that Tampa's playing. And, um, man, I'm, I think they're well coached, probably one of the better coach teams in that in that division. Um Things they're about four or five plays away from being like four and three. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. No. That that one didn't make. I I had four. Carolina's competing. I had four, and I yeah. That's that's my thing. I wanted to see how Carolina comes back and competes in this game versus how they got up for that Tom Brady. Did they just get up because it was Tom Brady and the Buccaneers coming into town, or are they ready to go try and win some football games? Well, the second week after the coach firing the week not the week right after because you rally you get your guys ready there's a lot of emotion going you know going on and Mm -hmm. you give players opportunities that they didn't have and game plans that weren't there pj um looks like he's doing like made some great throws last i'm glad that they they announced he's going to be the starter the rest of the series at least best quarterback they they have yeah at least they said baker mayfield and sam darnell aren't getting their how about a fall from grace for baker mayfield i mean he always had this like confidence about his abilities he he wasn't always the best but he kind of projected the best and he really was able to kind of for the most part hold it together i mean but i just think he looks like a different person i just think back as a seahawks fan like people were clamoring to get Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. And like, is Pete Carroll just an evil genius? And he knew that Geno Smith had, had figured something out. I mean, I don't know what it is. And I'm so, I mean, this is as a Seahawks fan, this season has been more fun than even maybe other than the season they won the Super Bowl. It's been the most fun I've had as a Seahawks fan in 20 years, probably. So here's, here's a take that I heard the other day that, they have Shane Waldron that wanted to come in and do some things. And the things that he wanted to do, um, Russell wasn't particularly good at, including uh, throwing heavy over the middle. Um, so you bring Geno in, you plug him into this offense during training camp or whatever it is, and you start seeing some amazing things. Geno's tall, he can sit up there, he throws well over the middle, he's throwing accurately, he's throwing on time. Um, a lot of, a lot of his tight ends. That's a big part of that offense as well. So whatever system that they now have in place, Geno Smith seems to be really uh, set up for success in that. So I think that is the main reason as they're watching him play, they go, man, this guy really knows how to play in this, in this offense. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited for that. Indeed. All right, the next one I have is New England at the Jets. Um, the Jets have been playing well. There's no question. Uh, they rattled off four straight wins. Uh, their D is holding up. The rookies are playing outstanding, both offensive and defensive. Uh, Sauce looks like the real deal. There was oh, one man. play where he's kind of like he lets the guy go to the corner out and then kind of engages him as he's looking back. This is the thing that I just scream at the TV all the time. If, if those cornerbacks just look back when they're like hand fighting or they're engaged, they're not going to get those PI calls. But you mm-hmm. see them just like literally hands up running into a receiver. That's going to get a call every time. Right. So he looks, he gives that look back. Right. And then he did one where he kind of like slapped the hand, but then the off the ricochet, the guy almost caught it again. So he like double tapped the ball out. And I was just like, this guy, just his awareness of where the ball is, his awareness of like his body, uh, uh, his positioning, like what he's supposed to do, the technique to get the head around and get in place, use leverage. Man, he looks good. It looks um, like he like it's easy for him. It almost looks like he's out there being lackadaisical. Like right, whatever, just, nonchalant, just kind it's of kind like, of like Deion Sanders. Deion had like this explosive edge and this yeah. like dancing around and kind of like that's true. But he did kind of electric like, yeah. energy. And, yeah, I guess and you're right. And sauce is sauce is very like eh, whatever. But man, he's he's really good. I'm excited to watch him play at the very least. Their quarterback play is atrocious. <laughs> All right. Oh, these teams. Um, Oh, the teams, speaking of the Jets, the teams that they've beat so far this year are a combined 13 for 22. Okay. So that's, that's a problem. Put that in your stat pipe and smoke it. <laughs> All right, what's your next one? Uh, Ravens-Bucks on Thursday Night Football. I want to see how Tampa Bay is able to kind of circle the wagons after uh, dealing with, dealing with that beat down that they I mean that was embarrassing P, I, Carolina was huge favor I mean uh, Carolina was huge under were huge underdogs in that game Tampa Bay embarrassed themselves and, and I wonder how much because I did see the very beginning of that game when uh, or, or I, I guess I watched a bit of that one anyway uh, when Mike Williams was wide open over the middle and caught the ball like the beat the defender was going to walk in for a touchdown and drop the ball um I wonder how much that messed up the offense the rest of the day because that was like the third play of the game and then the next you know then the Tampa Bay can't do anything they score three points they almost get skunked by one of the worst teams in the NFL yeah so I'm anxious to see how Tampa Bay responds how if the Ravens can give up a double digit lead and, and bounce back again, or if they can keep, keep it from getting to a double digit, uh, uh, deficit. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I like Lamar. I like watching Lamar Jackson play football. So, well, I'll withhold my takes a little bit. I have them in my, uh, week eight predictions. Okay. Um, I got some, some money, quote unquote money on them. So, um, I'll, okay. I'll dig into it a little deeper there. My next one that I, I didn't put any money down on this game, but, uh, pit at Philly, um, just battle for the Keystone State. Nothing in particular. Um, Philly's back. I get to watch them, see what they do, see how they how they come out of that um, that bye week. Yeah. Um, they got a great player, um, Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn um, through a trade today. Fourth round pick for a guy who had 18 sacks last so year. So that defensive line is going to be a beast. I mean, Howie Roseman is. is setting them up for 
success here. Right, and like I said earlier, they're getting New Orleans' first-round pick that's probably going to be at least top 10. I should have put money on them, like literal money. Um, yeah. Because I've been I've been hammering Philly from the beginning. You know this, like from hot takes to everything. It was yeah. my like sleeper team I had year. them going to the NFC Championship game, but yeah. I, yeah. I had the Rams beating them, which does not look like a possibility now, but... Um, my next game, and I, I am anxious to see that game. I heard a stat that uh, Mike Tomlin, when he's an underdog, is like forty-one and twenty over against the spread, and just like he doesn't lose games by a lot, like very and, often. And, that, and that's why I don't put money on Pittsburgh anymore. Yeah, I won this last week, but only because I I put them as a plus. Right, right. Um, yeah, my next uh, game. Uh, 49ers and Rams, kind of same same situation. Battle of a couple California teams and NFC NFC West rivals. Yep. Um, Always good games. The two teams that I think still on paper are probably the best two teams in the in the division. Mm. Um, I mean, give or take. But Rams running is atrocious. Their line is. is bad. They they have no. They're the worst running back um, team. Uh, worst running back uh, crew in in. In NFL, which is surprising. I mean, I don't understand the Cam Akers situation because I felt like he looked so good when he came back from injury last year in the playoffs. Um, it has nothing to do with how he's physically doing. He's fighting with his coaches, man. I this know. is very clear. I mean, they're, I know, they're, but like, I, they're not I wonder getting why along. they're fighting. He's ha- like probably because he wants more run, and they're not giving it to him. No, I'm thinking other things. Like, you can just have a. a a problem with somebody That's and true. you're not, you're not resonating with your, with your, like I have, I've had bosses that I just can't stand. And like, whatever it is that they tell me, like I can't find a way to get motivated to do what I need to, to get I can't done. imagine that about you, Mike, at all. Me fighting with people? <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. Get out of here. All right. Did you have anything that you're looking for? Anything else that you're looking forward uh, to? Bears, Cowboys. I'm, that, that sounds horrible. I just want to see if Justin Fields is legitimate or not after this last Are they game. Are in Dallas? Yes. He's going to be destroyed. That's what I think, too. Yeah. But I'm just anxious to see what they can do. And right, um, be Justin Fields. <laughs> it'll be – I just want – yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I just was, the last thing he saw was 11. Yeah, right. I, anyway, though, I just think uh, – yeah, I'm anxious to see. Cause I, I like when the Bears are good. And I hope that he's able to kind of springboard off of this game uh, last week against uh, New England and Bill Belichick's defense and not not expecting much, but I'm hopeful. All right. So I'm going to run through my predictions. Did you have any as well? I do, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll start with uh, I got Baltimore money line at Tampa, and I'm going to take parlay that with the under 45 and a half. Um, this is two plus 224. Now, this is a long shot. I know. I want. I just wanted to find a way to short the, the bucks. Um, I'm kind of writing your hot take here about uh, the decline in Brady and Rogers, um, and hopefully I'll ride that take to a win. I like no, it. Nothing else to it. I like it. All right. Uh, did you have one you wanted to go with? Why don't you just run through your three or your however many you I have? I got and six, then... man. Okay. All cool. right. Cool. Just All go right. for it. No, I only have three, so. So I have New England uh, minus one and a half at Jets. I'm gonna parlay that with the under forty and a half. Uh, that's plus two fifty nine. Uh, New York Jets have a new running back, James Robinson, coming in from uh, Jacksonville. So he he might see some playing time, but I think the bulk of carry is gonna go to the Carter. 
Um, they're not showing any efficiency on on the offense outside of Brees Hall. Of Elijah course. Moore's back too for uh, the receiver from Mississippi or the University of Mississippi. Not sure it makes a difference. I expect Bill Belichick to mind control Zach into at least two interceptions and a win. Uh, either way, this will be a low-scoring game. So that's my theory behind yeah, you know the bets for sure. Mac Jones is back as the starter. Not this sure week it matters too. either. Um, Washington money line at Indiana plus one twenty-eight. I expect. Uh, Taylor Heineke and those Washington receivers to just run laps around the Indiana D. Also factor in Antonio Gibson, and I and I just think it's over. And you know to combat that, India, Indianapolis is starting Sam Ellinger. Mm. Now apparently, a little bit more mobile co- quarterback can get outside. You know, create some stuff out there. I just don't think the receivers are good enough outside of um, Jonathan Taylor. I'm not sure you know, what they bring on yeah. offense. So Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman has had a, a big decline this year. I think that Washington uh, defensive front, they looked really good last week. Yeah. And I think they'll continue on that streak. And I think and that's without, Chase I think they're going to baptize this uh, quarterback making his first start for the year. Yeah. Could be. Uh, all right. My uh, fourth game, Arizona at Minnesota minus three and a half. I'm going to take the over 48 and a half on this uh, plus two, three, one, uh, two, uh, thirty one. Um, I always, I will always doubt Kirk Cousins in games where he's supposed to win, you know, full stop. But I think Minnesota is a team that's good enough to win by more than a field goal. I think overall they're just a better team. I hate the hook, man. The hook always comes back to bite you. That point five. Yeah. <laughs> Always does, man. <laughs> so I expect uh, Arizona to make a couple explosive plays downfield. I think they're going to drive that score up. I just don't think at the end of the day it's going to be enough. I expect uh, Justin Jefferson to go off, um, Dalvin Cook to go off. Um, I, you know, Obviously, uh, Hopkins is, is going to get his catches. Um, but I'm hoping for, obviously, a high-scoring game and a uh, Minnesota win. All right. All right. Green Bay at Buffalo minus ten and a half. This was really scary. So, I'm, but I'm doing it anyway. Plus the over forty-seven uh, and a half. That's plus two thirty. This is a statement game for Josh Allen. This is this is my theory. Okay. Um, is he next? Is he the next man up in in for quarterbacks? So you're taking Green Bay in this game? No, plus Buffalo the, minus okay. Buffalo, Buffalo minus, minus ten and a half. Minus ten and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Josh Allen is putting himself in a position to be like the next generation. Right, so we're moving on from Brady, we're moving on from Rodgers, and we're seeing Mahomes, and we're seeing Allen, we're seeing Herbert. Mm-hmm. These guys are starting to emerge themselves. I think this is one of those games, head to head, with one of the greatest in the history of the game, where he has an opportunity to like make that next um, jump. Right. So, does the new guard finally overtake the veteran quarterbacks here? So, I think yes. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game early, as you know those Green Bay games uh, tend to be. Uh, but ultimately, I think Buffalo is just too great on offense, and Green Bay's defense is in disarray. Uh, I think it's going to—it's just—I think it hits the over just because eventually there's going to be slipperage, and it's going to be that touchdown, and then that long 60-yard pass, and then it's going to be like slowly they're going to die a thousand paper cuts, <laughs> and hopefully 50 plus points total. Yeah. All right. And finally, now this is a double team. Uh, parlay uh, San Francisco money line at Raiders I'm sorry at uh, Rams and then uh, Cincinnati money line at Cleveland uh, plus 179 I think San Francisco and Cincinnati are going to win these games outright 
So um, that was pretty easy there. One more week of practice for CMC, Christian McCaffrey, uh, should allow um, San Francisco to overcome some of those Jimmy G-isms that happened, hopefully giving him just a, a credible another person to pass to, check down to, yeah. somebody to take control of Nick the run. Bosa's, and uh, Nick Bosa's a week healthier. Eric Armstead yep. might be back. Exactly. And uh, like we discussed earlier, the LA Rams uh, offense is, is in shambles. Um, as far as Cincinnati, uh, they're rolling on offense right now. Cleveland can uh, be stopped uh, if you stop the run. So I think their offense is pretty limited. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure if their ball control offense is going to be able to slow down Cincinnati at the end of the day. So I expect a San Francisco and Cincinnati win there. All right, that's my mm. predictions for the week. What do you All got? All right, my week five predictions. I have uh, Tennessee Titans minus two at the Texans. Um, I just feel like these two teams are going in opposite directions right now. And to not even have to give up a field goal um, – for the Titans and Derrick Henry uh, on the road, even with the Texans, I'm, I'm it's willing a, it's to do that. It's a great bet. I think you're going to nail this. Um, I've been trying to find some value in the plus territory on the payouts because I need to make up some ground. So yeah. I, I am taking some uh, some risks <laughs> right. by some of these parlays. But if right, you're talking right. about just a straight-up bet, that's a great yeah. one. Okay. And then uh, my next one, um, following, following your lead, uh, I'm taking the Bengals minus 3.5 at the Browns. I just think – um, like I said earlier, I think Joe Burrow is cementing himself as one of the, you know, kind of on that Mount Rushmore of AFC quarterbacks right now. Uh, and I, I, I'm not picking against him. I think the, the Browns offense uh, is not not great with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback. And I hope it's even worse with uh, Deshaun Watson at quarterback in a few weeks. Uh, and then fingers crossed. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, then my third one is um, – kind of going off of that uh, stat that I saw about Mike Tomlin never losing or, you know, not never, but having a great record against the spread uh, as an underdog. I, I was like, you know what? I think Kenny Pickett's starting to get his feet underneath him uh, and, and get used to the NFL. I think, um, you know, Najee Harris as well. Like, you know, it's taking the pressure because the first few weeks of the season, Najee Harris looked terrible. It looked like uh What's the Trent Richardson? Yeah, they're often they, they they actually compared stats and they were very similar. Right, I think about we, week three. I think we talked about that. So yeah, he their was, offensive lines. He bad. was looking terrible though, right. and now Kenny Pickett being able to make some plays downfield is is opening things Pulls up. Pulls those safeties back, doesn't opening it? things up for yeah. uh, Najee Harris. I just think that uh, I think they'll be able to keep it close. You know, right? the Eagles are great. I think they're really good, but. You know, and there's with these rivalry games, like two in-state teams that you know hate each other, hate the, their fans, hate each other. I, you know, you kind of can throw the records out the window when those teams play. And if you're going to give me 11 points, uh, 11 points is ridiculous, and you should definitely take that. But yeah. here's the one thing I will say: is that offensive line of the Philly, I expect them to not give Pickett any time to pass that ball. Yeah, that might be a problem, and especially adding Robert. I I, I made this pick before uh, Robert Quinn got traded to them as well, but I, their their defensive line is great regardless of Robert. They'll Quinn lose, and I think they might be able to lose by less than eleven. Yeah, so, I think so too. Yeah. I think I'm hoping they can keep it keep it close. Boswell, just pretty good uh, kicker. Boswell's still their kicker. I, I like hope. my I, I like Mike Tomlin <laughs> I too. I think he's yeah. a great coach. Yeah, I do too. I think he's he's one of my favorites, and I I'm rooting for uh uh. Who was, the, who was the Dolphins coach last year that's now? A, 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 uh, Flores. Flores. He's up in the in the booth. I saw him last week against uh, 
Miami. So then I was like, I, even though I had Miami in my in a bet that I actually made, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I really hope you know, I hope Pittsburgh keeps it close and Brian Flores looks good at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, that's my third one, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm I'm so excited, bro. I love football. This is and I love doing this podcast. It's so fun, man. So yeah, I was thinking about it today, like being able to go through, I, I listened to other podcasts, obviously about football and in just kind of listening to their takes and how that kind of jives with the kind of the conclusions that I draw while I watch the game. It's been nice to kind of, kind of see the similarities and, and kind of have my, my takes confirmed in a lot of ways about like what other people are seeing too. It's like, it makes me feel like I'm not crazy out here. Right. So it's been a lot of fun doing this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So uh, we kind of changed the name of this segment. We're just going to call it Take Corner because we can talk about conspiracy theories here. We can talk about hot takes and yeah. just general takes, um, takeaways from from the week. So uh, Take Corner starts now. Um, let's start with uh, the Zach line coming to you live from the Republic of uh, Jerzakistan. Um, this was he went 16 for 26, 61 percent. Uh, 121 yards, zero touchdowns, period. Full stop. That's it. So there you go. Zach Wilson, watch. Uh, Broncos also have one of the best defenses in the NFL, NFL even though they're a lot of qualifiers for this dude. All right. I, I'm just saying, man. I'm, I'm, I, like I said, moment of truth this week, we're going to see what happens, mm-hmm. especially after jo- uh, Justin Fields just chewed up their, their off uh, the New England defense. I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens. Not – particularly confident but i'm anxious to see what happens let's take a look all right so you had a couple of things that for this yeah portion this segment that you had to go so let's i'm gonna let you uh take over right okay um first i want to talk about uh the top five quarterbacks in the nfc okay i was just sitting yeah watching football this weekend with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers playing so terribly, I mean, Tom Brady playing better, I think, than Aaron Rodgers at this point, uh, at least statistically and mm-hmm. team win-wise. Um, that, you know, Tampa Bay is still in first place in the NFC South. Uh, For whatever that means. Yeah, exactly. That's not saying a whole lot. But, it, you know, so I want to know what your top five NFC quarterbacks are at this point, just for this season, obviously – you expanded out of her career. It's sure, Tom sure. Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, we'll look at it just the first, you know, few first weeks. seven games. Yeah, first of seven the games of the season. All right. So um, this was a you, you would text me this, and I think it's a, it's a great question to ask. And when I started diving into this, um, it it gets murky really fast. It does. So um, I had kind of pulled out six uh, quarterbacks and tried to figure out how I was going to stack rake them. Some so. First for me is Jalen Hurts. He's, he's undefeated. Uh, he's thrown for about 1,200, um, 1200 yards, uh, I think 11 touchdowns. He's uh, more more rushing yards than it. I didn't look up the rushing yards, unfortunately. But, but yeah, he's got to have more, more rushing, more yards, rushing than yards than any of the quarterback in, in, in the league. Right. Uh, so um, he looks impressive. He's grown over the last couple of years. Um, they're running the shit out of that RPO, and he does it really, really well. He's making good throws, making good decisions. Um, yeah, so I got Jalen Hurts one. I got Geno Smith second. Again, somebody who's fit, fit really well into a particular offense. Um, I think um, 
He's throwing the ball well. He's throwing guys open. You can see that fade of, of his passes that kind of hit a spot where a guy catches it. That sideline pattern from a couple weeks ago where uh, uh, Lockett like fades into the catch. Yeah. Um, just the throws look great. He's playing with confidence. Seems like the like his teammates really like him and, and yeah. are, are even happy after the interception um, on uh, on Sunday, he comes back. Yeah. He forgets about it. He he plays with the same anticipation. He plays with the same energy. Um, that's that's key as well to quarterback play. Being able to kind of throw a bad play aside, uh, uh, you know, behind, just get it behind you and move forward. So he's playing great. I have Aaron Rodgers. I'm not ready to give up on him. I have him third right now because the rest of this list is garbage. Um, I saw him make some amazing throws. I don't think his team is up to par. I think his defense, although I think from a personnel standpoint, I really think they're a good team. They're just not being put in position to win this game. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is having an issue with the skill positions. Um, they're just not there yet. But I think just skill, I think he's still there. Um, his numbers are okay. Uh, I picked up Romeo Dobbs in my fantasy football league because I needed a wide receiver last week. And I was like, oh, he like maybe he'll finally like figure it out with Aaron Rodgers. He had zero points. <laughs> disgusting and I was like oh did he not play like no he definitely played <laughs> he just had no catches and no receiving yards yeah but anyway go ahead um Tom Brady is my fourth despite him looking like uh the guy from um Indiana Jones and uh and the Raiders of the Lost Ark when his face gets melted after looking at the Ark um <laughs> he still is sixth in passing in the league and he looks discombobulated out there, but this is how bad the quarterbacks are in the NFC right now. He's mm-hmm. he's fourth. And my fifth is Kirk Cousins. Um, again, I said this, I'm not, I don't trust him. Uh, he has these up and down games where he looks like he should be out of the league one game and then throws five touchdowns, you know, two games later. So I don't know who he is or, or what's going on. Right. Um, I, I kind of uh, my sixth. One I was kind of going back and forth between Cousins and Stafford was Cousins and Stafford. Stafford definitely makes it out of my top five. He looks, he looks done. Yeah, he does not looking great. He's man. disinterested. I mean, I don't know what's going on with him. All right, so quick rundown of mine, um, and and the basis of this was kind of like a combination of team success and and record and statistics, um, and I had. Our first two were the same, Jalen Hurts and Geno Smith. I had Kirk Cousins as number three, um, with you know him being able to uh, have Justin Jefferson Just have throw the ball, ball too, and Adam Thielen. I think that he's yeah. I mean, I, I don't trust him. Trust yeah. I mean, it, it, I do not trust that guy uh, one bit. But I think just like with a five and one record and. It, it makes uh, – he has to be on the list there uh, for me anyway. Who's your um, four? My number four is uh, Danny Dimes. Oof. I think that – I think Brian Dable has figured out how to use him properly. He's running the ball a lot. He's, you know, he's doing uh, – Dable RPOs. has – found out how to use him like a person stranded on a desert island uses a rock as a hammer. <laughs> oh, maybe, but they're five and one, man. They're rolling. I, I, I really, I'm interested to see what happened in this, uh, man, I'm blanking on the kid's name, but there's a young wide receiver that they have number 17 
that looks great. A few drops. But he's 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 putting in work the last couple of weeks. He's getting better as the season goes on. That's their big problem too. Is the lack? He's doing this with a, a, you can't name a wide receiver on their team. Literally, we tried to just now. Yeah, and it didn't and work. we couldn't do it. Anyway, and uh, number five for me is Tom Brady. Yeah, just because of he's got his team in first place in the division. He's you know sixth in the league in in passing, like you said. Um, so anyway, I, so it you're was, telling me Danny Dimes is better than Aaron Rodgers? Because outside of that, we have the same top five. This season, up f- through the first seven games, I think Danny Dimes has been better than Aaron Rodgers if you combine team success and statistics. Okay. So, anyway, that's my that's my list. That is definitely a take. All um, right, what's your? <laughs> so another another thing I wanted to touch on. Okay. Uh, so I'm obviously a huge baseball fan. Mike's a communist. We all know that. He doesn't like baseball. Socialist. Um, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, so every year in Major League Baseball, actually until this year was the first year they didn't do it, the Major League Baseball trading deadlines on July 31st, I know that it's like a holiday. My buddy Josh's birthday too, and I like he's the only person's birthday I remember because it's on uh, NFL trade or Major League Baseball trading deadline. That's his uh, full name, by the way. Yeah, your buddy Josh. My buddy Josh. That's what all my friends are. I call you my buddy Mike, so <laughs> don't worry. Uh, it's like Mister. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, the Major League Baseball and NBA, uh, the NBA have the the whole lead up to the trade deadline is this. You know, a couple trades will pop off early. Uh, you know, like a week before, two weeks before maybe, um, and then like kind of builds up and builds up. And then the like the breaks. day of, it's it's just madness, you know, and, and it, it goes all the way till some of the trades don't even get announced until a few minutes after because they were, you know, finishing uh, crossing T's and dotting If it's baseball, I's. they're faxing the paperwork back and <laughs> Probably, forth. probably. But uh, I, I like how the NFL is kind of changing into that now too with uh, – some of the trades we've already had this year with Christian McCaffrey going from Carolina. What to, a, what a great trade for for San Francisco. Yeah, I, th- they I need mean to win now. That's like, a lot though to give up for him too. So, and you're paying an, an injury prone quarterback or a running back a lot of money. That's the that's the the X factor there. But he is health. more than a running back too. So it's like, you know, like weighing your options. So you're giving was up he, a wasn't second, he a fifteen? Was he a fifteen hundred, one thousand yard man for the passing and uh, yeah. uh, receiving and, and rushing a few yes, years ago? Yes. So he's, he's a legit player. Yeah, and I think you know with uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan could probably scheme up some good uh, good ways to get him him the ball and and especially in, especially in the Shanahan offense. offense, he is uh, like an like a, a weapon with one of those like Mario Brother mushrooms. <laughs> I like that. Good analogy. Um, and then also Robbie Anderson getting traded from uh, Carolina to Arizona. Um, that's the, you know, it's just, it's like, I like this stuff, man. This stuff's so much fun. We had, uh, that James, was a spite trade. That was, yeah. But we have a uh, James Robinson going from Jacksonville to uh, the New York jets. We have Jonathan Hankins going from the Raiders to the Cowboys, which is pretty under the radar. Uh, then we have Robert Quinn today going from Chicago to Dallas. Um, it, it's just, it's fun, man. Teams can really, really change the trajectory of their team. We got uh Quandre did the Seahawks got Quandre Diggs a few years ago in the, at the trade deadline. And people like, I don't even, I didn't even know who he was before that. And now he's the captain of our defense. So 
uh, it just it's fun fun for me. I, I enjoy the trade deadline, I enjoy trades. I enjoy kind of the GM side of things. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens between now and was Irvin a, and Tuesday. Was Irvin a, a pickup or was he a trade too? No, he was a free agent. Free agent. Yeah. And then uh, my last kind of take. And this one gets a little bit deeper. We discussed this. I, I, I texted you this. I woke up early the other morning and just like went on a, was just laying in bed thinking about the podcast and, and kind of some other ideas and, and some takes that I had. And I, I touching back on the Tua Tagovailoa when we were talking about the Miami game and him after suffering concussions in successive weeks, not even really successive weeks. It was like four days later. Uh, on a Thursday night suffering two concussions four days apart and then taking two weeks off coming back and then immediately head diving first head into first into the wall basically uh does the NFL Mike need to implement some kind of limit to how many concussions a player is eligible to get in a season before they have to go on a season ending injured reserve that is, I thought this was an amazing take. I don't know if three is the answer. Three strikes always is something that we do in the United right. States. It makes sense. Baseball, yada, yada. It has to, you have to put rules behind it, but I'm for it. If your guy gets, I don't know, a category one or category two, whatever they do, however you want to set it up, uh, concussion three times in a season, then they're ineligible for play. I mean... If you're yeah. really talking about safety for players. Right. And I mean, and, and it, it's, it's a slippery slope. Like, uh, you know, just like you know, we were talking about with like kicking Brett Favre out of the Hall of Fame. And it's like, where do you start? Where do you stop on this stuff? Um, obviously, that's much different than, than what we're talking about. But it's kind of along the same lines um, in regard to. Here's the rub. You have to get the players to agree to it. Exactly. And. I mean, at the end of the day, we live in a free country. And if you want, nobody's forcing you to go out and play football. We also talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Like, we have to allow these grown adults to be able to make a decision for themselves. They right. have the information. They have their the, the, the doctor in front of them. They they know what this causes long term. There's enough stuff well, they, out there I mean, they even in popular say, society. Like, when, that, a guy, when a guy, like, ducks out of bounds or – or slides right before he gets hit, it's like, oh, he was making a business decision. Right. You know, that that's already kind of built into the the lexicon of our of our thoughts about about it, it, football. It's part of the culture now for sure. And so, if they want to make that decision, you know, I, I mean I'm not gonna, you know, get angry at a guy because he decides to do that. It does shorten your life. Absolutely. But we people do that all the time. Like there's people that just eat hamburgers from McDonald's every day and that shortens their life. You get like liver you know cirrhosis of the liver like you've been a you know drinking alcohol for like 40 years right so i mean these these are facts we all do it to ourselves in different ways uh this one's just obvious you can see it on tv every sunday it's brutal um it's pretty damaging and it's random some people get pummeled and nothing happens to them somebody somebody takes a errant elbow to the head and they're out for like six weeks right or just falls backwards and smacks their head on the the you know on on nothing I yeah because that first the first two a concussion looked like it was nothing well let's look at um that kneecap dislocation um was it jc jackson right yeah. 
when you look in slow-mo and that knee coming down, it doesn't look too jarring. But his his leg is just a little bit a uh, little bit off. Right. It's not right under him the way that you would have liked it to happen. And because of that, and because he puts pressure and fires up those quads when he lands, that just tears right through that thing. Well, that DK Metcalf's knee injury too. Like when he tore it. didn't even look like it. His, Yeah, it didn't look like anything. Yeah. Just like he fell out of bounds. Right. You never know. All right. Interesting thought, though. All right, Jeremy. I wanted to have a heart-to-heart with you. Um, And I think this is the best place to do it. We have all gathered. We have gathered all your friends and family here today to discuss your bad Zach Wilson takes. (laughs) Okay. We can see that you're going down a bad path. And we no longer can sit here idly by and watch you spiral out of control. We were all asked to sit down and write a letter about how your takes have affected us. This is your letter? So here we go. (laughs) I love this. Go ahead. Dear Jeremy, I remember a time when your takes were coherent and made sense. It was a time when you didn't look at the team wins to evaluate a quarterback. A time when measurable stats mattered to you. Then one day, you stopped looking at passing yards and completion percentage. You ignored touchdown to interception ratios. You tossed out the overthrows and taking the 20 yard sacks like it was yesterday's garbage. Excuse me. Slowly, your takes began to revolve around team performance to evaluate players' talents, ignoring all established statistical values and metrics. I want nothing more than to believe in your takes again, but I can't sit here and watch you fall into the Zach Wilson fan club rabbit hole. Please take this opportunity today to look at the numbers or simply watch his game. I really hope you can get the statistical help that you need to move forward from this dark time. Your friend, Mike. <laughs> oh, man, that was that was fantastic, Mike. I appreciate that. Like I said, moment of truth this weekend. Let's go. <laughs> this seems to not I might, only apply. I might come back. I might t- come back uh, with a different take next week. This problem doesn't seem to uh, limit itself to Zach Wilson, <laughs> although you are completely irrational about his ability. Um, you are seeming to apply that template to a lot of other players. So we'll 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 get you figured out over the course of the year. Okay. <laughs> I love we, it. We man. care about you, Jeremy. I love it. Please, I love it. Please don't. Please don't do this anymore. <laughs> oh man. All right, so that brings us to our diversity section where we talk about things not related to football necessarily, just some cool stuff that we've been watching, reading, whatever. Yeah, how many many do you have? I have have four today. They're kind of random. I'll kind of walk through them pretty quick. Yeah, go. why don't you go do a couple and then I'll do my – I have like kind of one that is kind of two. Okay. Um, So uh, me and my family have been watching quite a few shows and and movies and stuff like that lately, kind of just kind of hunkering in for – the uh, Pacific Northwest fall slash winter started to get rain this week. So it's been fun just hanging out, um, you know, eating ice cream and popcorn or whatever, and just um, watching some movies. So we started with this show on Apple TV called for all mankind. Um, It's essentially a story about the space race. 
Okay. With this one key difference, Russia beats us to the moon. Oh wow! It's got the uh, man in the high castle vibe to it, like exactly, uh, but not so detrimental to the rest of the planet. Right. Um, a lot of the other things still pop off. So, like at the time, Nixon's still president. Um, but one of the things that we noticed in an effort to try and beat the Russians to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, mm-hmm. um, United States society has had to open itself up to um, different things like diversity because you can't beat an entire country in the space race if you're only focusing on white men. So you have to allow women in, you have to allow people of color in. And so all of a sudden through necessity, there is like this diverse um, thing being created, like created in society. And this is kind of like transcending or bleeding into regular society because the government is saying we need people of color. We need all the help we can get, basically. So that definitely trickles down into society and acceptance and the, and the, and the laws and everything that, that kind of spring up from that. So it's been interesting to watch. Um, also, Reagan was president. He was elected in 1976. In, in this in scenario, this year, right? Okay. And then Gary Hart. I don't know if you know who Gary Hart was, but he was a pre- presidential candidate back in 1988. I've heard the name, yeah. And he was um, uh, like the Democratic guy back in the day, but it found out there was a scandal, like he was having extramarital affairs and basically killed his political career. Mm-hmm. But in this scenario, after he was elected in 1984, I believe, as as the president and carried it into the 92 election. I'm sorry, 1988. No, 94, uh, 84. And that carried it into the 92 election. Um, and this is where things kind of going off the rail. Clinton's there. But, you know, one of the characters from the show is running for president at that point, And so mm-hmm. it kind of changes up a little bit. But it's really interesting to kind of see it from that perspective. Like That's the, cool. the Russians are still kind of like almost caught the dark ages in the way that their their social things are are there's no real difference to kind of the uh, the communist like template for kind of managing people mm. um, but the US is very different and we still have that Cold War thing going on um, it's a pretty that interesting show interesting. yeah I would I'd definitely check it out if you want the first two seasons are uh, out of the park good um, we started season three um, I think we're getting into that part of the storytelling where they just create a conflict in a in an episode to for no reason. Like um, something's always breaking. I mean, it's space; things break and people die. Right. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Check it out. Uh, okay. My sec- my second one. It's kind of like I'm revisiting older things. We recently watched uh, Richard Donner's Superman from 1978 mm. and just the difference in what a superhero movie looked like back then and one that I really loved to what to what it is now and the special effects are just shit there, there's no other way around it yeah. but it's 1978 what were you going to do they were using some of the techniques that Star Wars had used little models for like the flooding of the of the river valley and stuff like that so it's so obvious now that it's not even it's not even funny. Yeah. Like, that, that's a model. Yeah, right. Um, so that was interesting. I watched uh, Breaking Away. Have you ever seen this? No. It's from 1979. It's about this kid who's a cyclist out in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. You know where the University of Indiana yeah. is. And um, he thinks he's Italian for like half the show or pretends to be Italian because he really <laughs> loves this Italian cycling team. Um, and he basically um, 
everyone competes in a cycling um, competition at the end of the movie and he wins it. Uh, so it was, it's interesting. It's a weird look at kind of middle America in the, in the late seventies and um, like the way parents acted back then and, and stuff like that is it's funny. It's, it's on HBO. I would check it out. Okay. You know, it's a, it's good. And then uh, one that kind of skipped my, uh, my radar was 310 to Yuma from 2007 with um yeah i think i i feel like i watched that christian bale and yeah um, i watched that when it first did come out and i don't remember a whole and that's a remake of an older yeah 19 and i think it's even a like a uh it's from a short to like a short novel a short story so uh was a book then a couple of movies i think the last one was 1957 or something but anyways it was directed by james mangold who you may know from movies like copland uh, the Wolverine, Logan, which I think is a great movie, and Ford versus Ferrari, which I think mm-hmm. won a couple of Oscars. So um, it, that was a really pretty good movie. Um, so I, but that's kind of what we've been checking out. I'm like, every, if I got two hours, I just throw in some older movie that I wanted to rewatch. I got a couple of um, Hitchcock ones in there that I haven't got to yet. So nice, nice. yeah, it's been fun. Right on, man. Yeah. Well, um, so my. My kind of diversity section, uh, I didn't really venture too far out of sports this week. Um, it was opening week of NBA basketball. I noted that. And yeah. that is, I probably watch, I'm, I'm, I may have spent more time this week watching NBA basketball than I did uh, NFL football, to be honest with you. Um, I, I've been, obviously we live here in Seattle, you know, Olympia, Washington. We don't have a team in Seattle anymore, but we get the local feed of the Portland Trailblazers now. And Damian Lillard and the Blazers are one of the most fun teams. Like I've had, they're undefeated this year. First time since like 99 when they had Rasheed Wallace and all those guys. Um, shout out E40. Uh, they, um, yeah, it's, it, they're fun. They have this uh, rookie kid named Shaden Sharp who was a, a freshman at Kentucky last year that did, he, I think he got a minor injury and ended up not playing at all, but was so highly thought of that scouts would come out just to watch him practice. And they think if he would have played, he probably would have been the number one pick in the draft. Oh, wow. Caught an, caught an alley-oop over, dunked on LeBron's head the other night. Uh, just, yeah, they're they're doing, it, it's fun. And they have uh, Anthony Simons, I think is uh is the kid's name, which is why they traded C.J. McCollum last year. Because ready they, for him to step yeah, up. They're ready yeah, for him, and he's done a hell of a job doing that. And then Damian Lillard is just a dog, man. He he is he's what it's all about. And then also, you know, local, local kid, Paulo Bancaro, uh, putting up, you know, I mean, he's he may be the most NBA-ready rookie I've seen since LeBron so James. So I was watching uh, NBA game time, and they were kind of – he was mic'd. And I'm, at, I'm out there watching this kid, like – calling for help, you know, vocal on defense, you know, switching, um, calling the switches, backside help. Um, on offense, he's screening, rolling to the open spot. He's putting the ball, like when he's passing, he's putting the ball in the numbers. Um, he really looks like he's out there, like he knows what he's doing. I think um, he's by far the best at this point in the draft. Yeah. So I heard Bill Simmons cause Bill Simmons, I think had said he would take Chet Holmgren number one at kind of at the last minute. And then yeah. he was just like, I apologize for any, like for even having the thought in my head that, that Paulo Bancaro wasn't the best, uh, 
you know, available option at number one in the draft. So um, that's been super fun to watch. And then I just wanted to give a shout out to the guys on TNT uh, pregame show. Like when they when they have Shaq, uh, Kenny the Jet Smith, Charles Barkley, and uh, Ernie Johnson on the broadcast, there's nothing better, Mike. Those guys together are hilarious. They are. They they talk trash to one another, but they're just so informative. They I sometimes tune in even if it's a game I don't like. I'll I'll tune in just to watch the pregame show. It's that good. So if if you haven't seen that, do yourself a favor, check it out. Yeah, I was taking a look at um this Shaden Sharp kid. He's a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, the numbers are a little skewed, obviously. He's coming off the bench. Yeah, so. he's getting about 15 minutes a game. Um, four games, 15 minutes on average, 50% uh, shooting from the field, 57 from three. And uh, He's a high flyer, too, man. He's going to yeah. – he's good. He's, he's fun to watch. Two and a half watch. rebounds in that 15th time. Looks like he's an active – he's active um, out there. So, yeah. Interesting. I yeah. Should ch- I'm going to check him out. Yeah. It, yeah. Good-looking like, good kid for sure, man. So – uh, so what were your other uh... NBA was pretty much the last oh, one I was going to finish it? up. So no, that's that's fine. You you covered it. So it was what else you have? Um, I just had so I I was I meant to actually do this before this section, but I have a new a new segment I want to add in here, and it's Ask Mike. Oh, okay. And I just want to come up with a question, and that I you know just like a kind of a pressing question that I have about the NFL that I want to know I want to get your opinion on, and. So my question for you this week, Mike, is who is the starting quarterback for New England in week one of the 2023 season? Mac Jones. You think so? Yeah. You think Brady Zappi's still on the team? I think it's Bailey. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, you're right. No need need to trade him right now. No one really has faith in this kid. I thought Bill Belichick, and and I I was already thinking this, but I heard Bill Simmons kind of put it in – put it – his thoughts out on it. And it it was pretty similar to what I was thinking that Bill Belichick screwed himself in that game because it it was thought like we knew Mac Jones was healthy enough to play, but was coming off of this severe high ankle sprain. Bailey Zappi had done well the last couple weeks and we, you didn't know who was starting come game time because he didn't want to, um, didn't want to give that information out because he keeps everything so tight to the vest. Then like right before the game starts, it's both guys are going to play. Starts out with Mac Jones. He throws an interception on one of the first two series that wasn't his fault. And the crowd's booing him. It hit the wire for the, that uh, camera that goes across the top of the stadium. Oh, right, right, right. That's right. And so the crowd, then the crowd's booing. You're, Start your guy that's started whatever 16 games in the NFL, 13 games in the NFL, uh, but did really well last year. And then they bring in Brady Zappi. He leads the team on two straight touchdown drives before halftime, and and then does nothing. Does the rest nothing. Of the game. Yeah. Then so they, I always I would always caution against like somebody has a big 306 yard game, let's say two touchdown game. Let's not let's not anoint him the the winner right. the the winning the starting quarterback quite yet but some fans will do that of course so like i think that yeah belichick just 
put them in a bad situation, I feel like. so. Well, that double quarterback thing doesn't work. It didn't no. work in college. It, it's not going to work now. No, you have two quarterbacks. You have zero quarterbacks. Exactly. So you gotta you got to pick one. They're going to go with Mac Jones this week. I think they've made their choice. There must it just be puts him in a bad spot because every time Mac Jones struggles now, there people are going to be. There's calling no bad for spot. Brady. I mean, it's Boston. It doesn't matter what you do. They're going to. That's They're true. going to call you a piece of shit. That's so true. it's just he knows this. This is the one thing I like. I can see in him. He just doesn't care about that stuff. He's just going to focus on what he needs to do. That's good. Um, the creepy thing do is, do your is job. It'll figure out that Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones look like they could be twins, or at least like very. Very closely resembled brothers. It's it's nuts. All white guys look the same. <laughs> On that note, uh, please like, rate, review, share this podcast. Listen, all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys. And uh, if you're still listening now, God bless you. Jeremy, we must have thought it was under day. It ain't under day, is it? <laughs>